don't be afraid to not only explore ways to turn your online relationships to offline relationships, then once you figure out the way to do it, actually take action, you know, whether it's in-person meetups or conferences or anything like that, really do make an effort to find ways to convert these online relationships offline. And then whatever it is you're doing, think outside the box. Think of what other people are not doing or try to just be creative, be unique. So again, the relationships drove those new ideas, those creative ideas. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. And this person who's on today needs no introduction. He's no stranger to Star of the Doubts. It is Mr. Dan Franks. Dan, welcome back to the show. You were on, it's been several months now. We did the holiday mashup. And then you and I have been working together on a lot of projects since then. But I haven't had you on the show to talk about any of that. So hopefully we can bring some of that up today. Yeah, I actually think it's been almost a year now, Jared. So my how time (laughs) flies when you're having a great time. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Well, this time last year, you were doing Entrepreneur Showdown, and it seemed like the sky was the limit. But a few things have changed. So what is the major difference from someone who listened to that holiday mashup versus to where you are now? If they haven't been paying attention, what's the major things that have happened since then? Let's just get the quick and dirty. Well, I guess if they've been listening to you, which they probably have been, they probably know what the big change is. But you know, two words can describe the biggest changes, and I believe in you and myself, and that's podcast movement. No doubt. Man. I mean, because the last time we talked... We had met once, we had worked together on a few small projects, but this was, uh, I guess the holiday mashup was pre-New Media Expo 2014. So, I mean, we're talking way back. We were talking about the meetup we were going to have there in Las Vegas, and I think everything that you and I have been working on between the first time I was on the show and now all kind of started right there. It has. And so obviously life has changed for both of us in a positive way. And that hasn't even been a full year. So I hope that's an encouragement to anybody who's listening is when you're being proactive and you're intentional about what you're doing. And uh, of course, Dan and I have always preached about collaboration. We think that's powerful. Uh, You can make some big things happen. Yeah, I mean, you and I, you said we've preached it, and any chance I've had, I've talked to people about not only collaboration, but just getting out there and interacting with people, because I don't know if we actually talked about this a whole lot the first time I was on, but man, I've been in this, you know, quote-unquote online business, online space for so long, where you just get caught in this, I don't even know what you call it, but you just get caught interacting with all these people online, and it's real easy to never turn those online interactions to in-person relationships and everything that I've been working on and progressing since the last time we talked has been a direct result of turning online relationships into in-person relationships. And I just think that's really big. So let's talk about that for a little bit because you've had some success with that. So for the person who's listening saying, Dan, I don't know how to do that. What does that look like? Where do I even begin? Isn't that, you know, maybe I'm introverted, whatever. What are some strategies or some things I could consider? Maybe start making that move. I'm the ultimate introvert. And sometimes people argue with me about that. But that's 100% because those are people who I've made a concerted effort to, you know, push my introverted ways aside and build relationships with. And I think a lot of people that listen to your show and listen to my show and are, you know, a lot of people in general feel like we are introverts. And especially when, like I said, you get really deep in this online space, it tends to make you even more introverted, I think, because it is so easy to interact and to have these, you know, outspoken personalities or have these opinions online, but you're afraid to maybe, you know, step offline and have the same personality. So it is tough the more online we are. It's a little tougher. 
But some of the things that I found the best way to do this is, you know, through in-person meetups because, you know, we live in this time now where it's so easy to get on meetup.com or to get on Facebook and Google local meetups or, you know, search the local meetups. We can actually just search your city and search your topic of interest and find out where other people that have the same interests of you as you are meeting locally. So that's the first thing that I always have done, or I say always in the past year or so have really started doing, and that's go to meetup.com. You can search based on your local area code or radius around where you live and search online marketing or search crocheting or knitting or book club or search anything like that. And you can connect with people that are, you know, maybe online people, but you can connect with them offline and start to build those relationships. And Jared, that's where the first time you and I met was when we decided to turn our online relationship into something in person. And you and I co-hosted a meetup you know, here's that term meetup again, but we co-hosted one here in Dallas when you were going to be in town and it was so informal. But I mean, look where we are now based on that one meetup alone. No doubt. Dan, real quick, I've heard the Dallas crochet meetup is really good. So <laughs> I just want to put that out there. But yeah, you're I'm right. I'm a beginner, we- <laughs> Jared. I'm a beginner. <laughs> As you should be. That said, you're right, man. Meetups are powerful. So for the person that's in there saying, oh, but that's weird. You know, I don't know anyone. Okay, I get that. So Dan, how could someone maybe use online strategy or connecting online that's less scary, that's maybe a little more of an opportunity for someone to send a message or get in a Facebook group? What advice do you have for that person saying, I'm open to the meetup, but I need some kind of way to connect with people in that group prior to actually going and checking it out by myself for the first time? Well, like I said, the biggest thing that I've seen the benefits in are converting those online relationships to in-person ones via those meetups. So obviously the first step is to start those online relationships. Be active in these Facebook groups. Jared, you and I are very active in the podcast-related Facebook groups. I have some other Facebook groups I'm active in that are not podcast-related. But once you're active in those groups, you do start to kind of segment off the people that you have a lot in common with. You start chatting with them. You start interacting, whether it's just within the Facebook comments or you maybe, you know, you start commenting on each other's blog or emailing one another or Facebook messaging one another. And that's where those relationships really start. So, you know, if you are introverted, like a lot of us are, it's easy to start those relationships online. And then once you know those people online, it's a lot easier to convert those than into online relation or, you know, offline relationships. Now, a lot of us, you and I included, don't live in the same area. So we're not going to be able to go to these offline meetups often together. So I think that's where these conferences come in. And there's conferences for everything. There's summits. There's, you know, all these names for these offline events. No matter what your topic of interest is, no matter what space you're in, there are these offline events. Now, you know, if you can then convert those online relationships to meeting at those offline events, that's another way. So that's different than the meetup, because typically when you hear meetup, you think small groups getting together, small groups hanging out. And that could be intimidating because, you know, if there's less people, you make up a greater percentage of that meetup itself. So you might feel like the spotlight is on you and you're the new person that people don't know. So maybe the preferred method would be to go to one of these larger events where you can just kind of fit into the crowd if you want to. But if you do have those online relationships that, you know, people there that you might know, that's another way to do it. So, I mean, eventually, if you want to get more out of it, I feel like you do have to convert these relationships into offline. So, you know, you know, whatever your method is, whatever your comfort level is, there's ways to do that. But I think ultimately, 
you are not going to reach the full potential of that relationship until you do convert it to an offline one. Dan, I'm going to back up because when we, we first had that meetup, which is you know a year ago-ish, and that was in Dallas. I was going to be in town for a conference, and you and I connected. We said, hey, let's try to do a meetup. And we had never really done a meetup. I mean, I know we had seen and heard of other meetups, and maybe we'd gone to meetups, but we'd never actually done one. So what process did we go through being super amateur and not having any skill or experience with this? So the listener can maybe get some ideas on if they wanted to venture off and start their own. Well, we just first decided who we wanted to attend that meetup. We knew that you and I were going to be at the meetup, and my co-host of my podcast at the time, he was going to be there. And that's where we started, was that we knew you and I were going to be there. Now, who else do we want to be there? Well, the most obvious options were people in your podcast audience that were local to Dallas or were going to be in town at the time, and likewise, people that were in my podcast audience that were in you know our parts of town. So that was the first obvious step is to figure out who we want to be at this meetup so then we can decide how to target those people. You know, and that was the first step. And then from there, we decided we need those people here. We want those people to know about this event. What's the best way to do that? Well, of course, if we want to talk about it on our podcast, that's one way. Our website, our email list, if we have it. So the next step was just to brainstorm. Now, how do we get in touch with these people that we want to be there? And I think, you know, maybe to take a step back, you might say, well, what is my meetup going to be about? What am I going to do there to give people a reason to be there? Well, quite honestly, our whole chat so far has been talking about just getting together with people. We haven't once talked about what you do once you get with those people. And I think there's a reason for that. That's because you don't necessarily need a specific, you know, agenda once you get together. And we did not. Our whole idea was our meetup was just to get people together. And lots of things came from that meetup, not only with us, but people that were there met other people that were there. So I think, you know, in hindsight, looking back, it was a good thing that we didn't have an agenda. I think maybe at the very beginning, we thanked people for being there and that was it. We wanted to make sure we knew everybody. But, you know, to me, the biggest thing was just letting people know we were having this meetup because, you know, we've been talking about how do people get these online relationships offline. A lot of times it's just giving them a way to do it. And that's what I realized when we did that first meetup. A lot of people there, there wasn't any specific reason why they had not gotten together before, why we had not gotten together before, other than nobody had given us a reason to. So all we did was give people this reason to meet up, holding this quote unquote event, which was nothing more than us putting something on the calendar and letting people know this is where we're going to be at this time. So, I mean, I, I think that was what we you know, where we started. I don't know. What were your thoughts? Well, I was pleasantly surprised, Dan, because I was thinking, man, would anybody even come to this? What would compel them to come to this? I mean, our podcasts at that point weren't super well established. I mean, they were new and kind of growing and emerging, but they weren't huge by any means. But I was surprised, Dan, because we did have, I don't remember the actual count, but if I had to guess, I'd say maybe 20, 24 people-ish. Does that sound about right? Maybe I'm exaggerating there. It was definitely 20 plus. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's an encouragement too. And anybody's thinking, well, would anybody come? Well, you might be surprised. You know, you don't know until you try it. I, we had not put it out there. We just said, hey, we're doing this. I know we tweeted. I know we invited some friends. Other than that, we had 20 plus people show up. And there's been some really cool synergy and some things that have happened because of that meetup. Not just because we had the meetup, but 
had kind of a ripple effect. So, Dan, can you think of an example of maybe one or two things that happened directly or indirectly because of that meetup that we did a year ago? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that immediately comes to mind because we've already talked about it is that holiday mashup came to happen because of that meetup because Cynthia Sanchez was at that meetup. She's the host of the Oso Pinteresting podcast, and we both met her for the first time in person there. Now, it was kind of ironic because she lived pretty much just down the road from me and we were both heavily involved in this podcasting space, but we didn't know that we lived that close to each other. We didn't know that there was that easy relationship to form, but we were able to have get her to show up at the meetup. We met her and that turned into the holiday matchup that turned into our meetup, our co-branded meetup at New Media Expo. And, you know, of course, we've already talked about what that led to. So that's the first one. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but I think PT from FinCon was there as well. And that was the first time that I met him in person. No, you're right. And that was the first time I met PT. Funny story. I was giving him advice. I didn't know who he was. And we were talking about he had said he had a podcast, but he stopped it. And I'm sitting here giving him advice like, oh, you could take this and repurpose this and use this to write a book. And and he was just kind of being polite and taking it in. And then later somebody came up to me and said, hey, that's PT, the founder of FinCon. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be giving this guy advice on anything. But he later, you know, appreciated that. He was like, I can tell you didn't know who I was. And it was interesting to hear your feedback. And he actually took some of that and ran with it, which was cool. You're going to but- scare people away from being themselves <laughs> at meetups when you say stuff like that. <laughs> Well, long story short, you're right. PT was there. And because PT was there, we had a connection that ultimately gave us a rapport where we could come to him several months later to get advice for the podcast movement, for how to start that. And obviously for people who are podcasters and participated in that, they got to see that birth of that event and then see that dream realized in August of this year. So yeah, just one little meetup that seemed just kind of, hey, let's hang out, turned into something much greater and had an impact on a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, don't sell yourself short. You were able to take the stage at FinCon this year, probably based (laughs) on that as well. (laughs) No doubt. I I got an opportunity to speak, which was one of my goals two years ago, Dan. And part of that was because I met the founder of FinCon at our small meetup with you know, we obviously we're not guaranteeing those types of results for every meetup you go to, but certainly some cool stories can happen from that. And you mentioned how it can be impersonal, but there's a time and a place for a classroom or some type of uh, setting where someone can get up and teach. I know you're part of the uh, WordPress groups and Podcast Dallas. How are those meetups different from the one that we have? Those are more focused on specific topics. Those are recurring meetups. Uh, so I guess we can put these into two different categories. The one we had was at more or less an event. Michael Hyatt had an event, and you can, I forget which one it was, but he had an event. It was an event that drew a number of podcasters into town. So including you, because of that one event, we were able to have, you know, the day before the event started, have this meetup and you were there, you knew some other people in town, you brought them, we were able to kind of create that little meetup outside of that event. The ones you just mentioned, the local meetups, those are meetups that in Dallas, at least, they recur once a month. So every month there's, you know, the first Saturday of every month is the WordPress meetup group. And every the first Tuesday of every month is a podcast meetup group. So we've got all these things. They're recurring every month. There's a different topic. So you go there to learn a little bit about what that topic is. But again, the same thing, you're going there to strengthen these in-person relationships. That's what I get the most out of them. And I've got to say, somebody that is in your community and mine, Ray Brown, he just hosted his first 
or I guess spoke at his first meetup yesterday. So he's Smartphones Made Easy is his podcast. And I just saw on Facebook that he spoke at one of the local marketing meetup groups last night and it was his first time to speak and he got rave reviews. So that's another option is to actually, you know, be a presenter at some of these local meetup groups that maybe is a next step. Absolutely. If you're interested in speaking, maybe start with the local meetup groups. They're looking for good people. And yeah, Ray, I mean, the guy is making moves and they're all smart, but the same things that anybody else could do if they're willing to just put themselves out there a little bit and try something different. So yeah, I saw those pictures of Ray. I was pretty proud of him. Ray's been a guest on my show. I know he's a friend of yours, so we're happy for him. So let's segue from that. Obviously, most people have heard of podcast movement, most likely they're listening to this. And then uh, one thing they might not have heard about is something that we're trying again, a pioneering effort. We don't know how this is actually going to play out, but we're doing a summit, a virtual summit. So Dan, why a virtual summit? You know, one of the biggest, I guess, negative feedbacks we got from podcast movement was just from people that wanted to be there so bad. But they couldn't for whatever reason. Obviously, if you have a meetup or an event in one specific location, if people want to attend and get that conference experience, they have to travel there. So, you know, unless you live local, people are going to have to pay for plane tickets or pay for hotels. So cost for any of these things is going to be a big issue. And that was one of the biggest complaints we had were people that really wanted to be there, but they couldn't afford to get there. So we decided, you know, what if we were able to give these people this, you know, full on conference experience, make it feel like they're at a conference, a live conference with live presentations and live networking and all these things. But we made it accessible to people from any part of the world. And, you know, we're obviously not the first person to think of this idea, but it came to us because podcast movement was something that so many people wanted to participate in. But not everybody was able to. So we were, you know, we thinking of ways that we were able to provide the same experience to the masses, so to speak, and everyone who wanted to be a part of it. And this Podcaster Summit is our first attempt at being able to bring that to the people. So this first Podcaster Summit is more of a business focus. Why is that, Dan? Well, one of the things that a lot of the people got most out of podcast movement were these business oriented topics that people were going there to figure out, you know, how to turn their podcast into a lot more. And it's no secret that a lot of people see podcasting as a really good way to, you know, A, build their brand or establish a brand at all. B, to get the word out about what it is they're doing, whether it's online, whether it's offline. Or C, a lot of people are trying to turn their podcast into a business. But then the question is, well, how do I do all these things? You know, I have this podcast. People are telling me my podcast is good or my podcast is effective or they're learning from my podcast. But that's not enough if you're trying to do one of those things I mentioned. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that if this quote unquote online conference was going to be valuable for the people in attendance, We knew that we had to put a specific focus on something. And because those taught things I just mentioned are things that you and I hear so often people are trying to do with their podcast. To me, it made sense that we focus on that for the first summit. What were your reasons for thinking we should focus on that? Well, we did get the feedback from podcast movement. And then in addition to that, it's some of the strategies you hear people talk about, like uh, Tony Robbins, for example. He'll say, look at what the big boys are doing and then kind of make it your own. I, I know that some of you are nodding your head who are listening to this right now saying that you've heard that. And Dan and I are no different. We look and see, okay, who are some people who are making moves, who are doing things and how are they doing it? And of course, social media, a success summit is a popular social media online conference. And yeah, of course, Dan and I see what Michael Stelzner's up to and Social Media Examiner, and we admire that. And we thought, 
what if we could do that for podcasting? Is that possible? How would you do it? You know, and then it's going through the process. What do people do that do online conferences? Who could we talk to to get advice? How do they set it up? What's a realistic expectation? And so asking those kinds of questions. And and then Dan getting feedback, I think, was cool from talking to fellow podcasters saying, hey, what are some of the things that interest you in this type of niche and this type of focus and hearing, hey, I'd like to know how to crowdfund my podcast. Yeah. And it's funny you brought that one up because that's a topic that a lot of people talk about or they hear some of these things thrown around. Even possibly they hear that podcast movement was a good portion of the initial funding came from crowdfunding. So this crowdfunding thing, it's new in terms of this content creation crowdfunding. And specifically, Patreon is one of the ones that one of the platforms that's really big right now. There's a number of podcasters that you and I know personally who are making a living off this crowdfunding of their podcast alone. And we've had a lot of people ask us or mention that they wanted to learn more about this, but there's not really any good platforms to do that. So 100 percent, something like that is something that we wanted to bring to the Podcaster Summit, to the Business Podcaster Summit. Uh, So that's what we did. We got somebody from Patreon to be a part of it and to teach a session from start to finish how to use their platform or really any crowdfunding platform to fund your podcast. In similar things, we heard people wanting to figure out different marketing strategies for their podcast. So we hear about Facebook all the time. Lately, we've heard a lot about Twitter strategies for marketing your podcast. But what about something like LinkedIn? If we are looking to make a business out of our podcast or looking to build our business, our offline or online business with our podcast, something like LinkedIn is huge, but there aren't a whole lot of resources out there specifically for podcasters looking to use LinkedIn. So again, that's something that we notice as a huge opportunity to teach people something that they don't know, because the last thing we want to do is put on an event where we're repeating things that people already know. So one of our efforts was in all 12 of these live sessions that are going to be a part of the summit, we wanted unique presentations, unique topics covered that not many people will find. So those are just two examples. I don't know if any other ones stick out to you. Well, actually, one is automation. You know, how can I leverage automated opportunities to get the word out about my podcast, to be smarter, to have better productivity? And you and I have a friend named Christian Sensick. I hope I said that close enough. (laughs) Christian, we love you. But Christian, he just has a lot of skill and insight onto this type of thing that when we have a conversation with him, we see his eyes light up. And then it's like you walk away from that thinking, wow, that was really helpful. Why am I not doing that? And so this event is cool because we got some really reputable podcasters, but it's not just the reputable podcasters. We also have been able to bring in our friend Christian, who's got a tremendous insight into this automation piece that podcasters do want to learn and do benefit from. And now they get a chance in this event to learn about automation. And you and I have done podcast movement. We didn't have automation. We've looked around at the different trainings. There's almost nothing on how podcasters can use automation. So this is a very unique event with a lot of unique topics. I agree. Yeah. And I think we one of the things we really focused on, and you hit on it a little bit, is to get a good variety of people taking the quote unquote virtual stage at the summit. So we have, you know, names that immediately almost all of our listeners will recognize. So we've got the Chris Ducker, we've got the John Lee Dumas, the Kate Erickson, you know, the Natalie Sisson, these people that are rock stars in this online business space. And we really felt like we need some anchors that talk the talk, walk the walk in this whole 
podcasting for business space. So we got those guys. But then like you mentioned, Christian, he's an expert at what he does and he's an up and coming guy in our space. And he absolutely needed to be a part of it. Somebody like Rob Sesternino, he is huge in the entertainment podcast space, but in this whole training podcasters, he hasn't really gotten into it that much. But what he's doing is awesome. He's making a living as a full-time podcaster. He's got hundreds of thousands of downloads. He's a rock star podcaster, but now we're offering him a stage and a place in our virtual conference to teach some of the things he knows because he just hasn't been teaching it because that's not the space he's in. Someone like Leslie Samuel, he's a full-time blogger. He's you know learning with Leslie as his podcast, but what he does is blog. Now, a lot of us podcasters, we probably aren't using blogs to their full potential, but I know that I know that I should be blogging. I know that I should be leveraging my website more than I actually am. And that's one of the things that we're going to use Leslie, what he's going to teach us at the virtual summit are doing those things. So, you know, when you look at all the speakers and all the topics they're talking on, like you and I have been saying, it's so many unique takes on things that maybe we know we should be doing or we've heard we should be doing. To me, that's the biggest value that we're able to provide with this summit are some of these things to fill the voids, fill the gaps of some of the other training and some of the other lessons that are out there. I think, Dan, you and I have really made a conscious effort, too, of trying to make an event that the people who are watching it, who are participating, can say, me too. And and Leslie Samuel is a great example because there are some bloggers who are interested in podcasting, but they're not necessarily going to relate to John Lee Dumas, but they would relate to Leslie Samuel. He's going to have a message that a blogger can relate to. So I think, yeah, there's a, a very good diverse group here, lots of experience, lots of unique angles that haven't quite been addressed to our knowledge in podcasting, at least on this level, on this type of platform. So yeah, it's a unique opportunity. And this isn't it, Dan. I know you got some other things up your sleeve and you and I have talked and, and we're working on a few other things. I don't know if we uh, want to uh, pull the curtain back on any of that yet. Or what do you think? You know, I, I don't, I think we're still working. I feel like sometimes you and I, before we talk every time, we put on the lab coats and we put on the goggles and we step <laughs> into the lab and that's okay. I think a lot of people probably that are listening enjoy that phase of things. I think the one big thing that I can make a big I don't even know what you call it. It's very important to share with everyone is there's eventually a time to step out of the lab and test out whatever it is you've created. I mean, I think you and I have done that in the past and we've been willing to cut bait on things that didn't work. Uh, so I think there's this whole, what do they call it? You know, I, I forget that term. You tell me when you keep testing things out or learning or, you know, but you never actually implement any of these things you're learning. So, you know, you and I, we have podcast movement. We have the virtual summit where we're teaching all these things. But, you know, if you haven't just taken that step yet, I encourage you to maybe what our friend Kirk, I just saw him use a term that I'd never heard before, but it was that, what is it called? The training diet or the online training diet or something like that, mm -hmm. where he's now forcing himself to implement some of the things into actions. That's the biggest thing that I think I can take away from what you and I have done so far is we have gotten into the lab, we have put on our lab coat, we have come up with some crazy ideas, but we've also taken that next step and taken some action and seen where things go. So that probably didn't answer your question, but it did say, you know, some of the things we're working on, I think, are still in the lab stage right now. Yeah, they'll be coming soon. But, you know, you mentioned something real quick before we wrap up. And we've had some cool wins with Podcast Movement, but then we've also had some experiences that didn't quite work out, that didn't quite pan out. And I know that was discouraging for me. Dan, what can you say to anyone who's listening right now that's working on something and, and man, it just doesn't seem to be coming together? It's tough because there's that point that you either decide, you know, 
where you either need to cut bait or keep pushing forward and it's not a clear point it's not a clear line in the sand that once you get past it you know you've made it or once you haven't got to it yet you know maybe you need to give up so you know it's tough but there's always going to be that doubt before something succeeds i mean podcast movement i think you and i can both agree was a big success but man we were scared to hit that go live button on the kickstarter campaign because we just weren't sure what was going to come of it but we had enough thought you know enough encouragement from those around us and we believed in the idea enough that we did you know click the go live button and we did put our idea out there for people and it worked out but you mentioned you know some things that we've done since then that we thought worked and we had the support of people around us and we did again, click go live and it didn't work so well, but we were able to cut bait. So I don't really have any advice other than trust your intuition. Don't be afraid to ask those around what they think of what you're doing. This whole talk today started with the whole idea of working with others and meeting others and building those online and offline relationships. Once you have those relationships, they're not just buddies that you can watch the sports game with or whatever. But really, once you build those relationships with people that you know, like and trust, don't be afraid to ask them the hard questions. Don't be afraid to allow yourself to be a little vulnerable with some of these ideas. And I think maybe that's the one takeaway I can put out there is you and I, we had each other, we were working together, but I know a lot of people are working on things on their own. And if you don't have that built in person to run ideas by and ask, don't be afraid to find some of those people or leverage your friends that maybe aren't involved with what you're currently doing, but they might have some valuable input and insight. You know, sometimes it's a tough conversation to have, especially if you you're afraid of what you might hear, but don't be afraid to get some of that outside feedback about whatever it is you're doing. Cutting the cord on the one thing that you're referring to. That was a tough moment for me personally, Dan. I remember uh, writing some emails to people knowing, you know, on some level this was letting them down and then also embracing what I felt like was defeat. And that was sobering, sending those emails. But at the same time, it kind of lit a fire and made me realize, hey, we believe this is the right move to make. And we just got to really trust our instincts and keep failing forward or falling forward, Dan. Yeah, well, we'll go. I was going to say we'll go with falling forward, but ultimately it was failing forward. You know, but if you could, again, accept that and be okay with failing forward, if you read a lot of these success stories from some of the founders of the biggest companies, oftentimes they did fail forward a couple times. So you can't be afraid to fail forward. Like you said, you have to embrace it sometimes. Obviously, don't venture out on anything that you know is going to be a failure. That's not the right way to do it. But, you know, if you believe in your heart, something's going to work and it just doesn't. That's not a sign that you need to quit. It's a sign that you need to move forward and evolve and all of those things. So, you know, that's what I got out of our failing forward experience. <laughs> all right, Dan. So uh, before we wrap up, which is coming soon, I promise, Men Seeking Tomahawks. What is that? That is my current podcast. And since we're talking about all these different podcast related things, that's a podcast that I do. And it can be best described as a variety show. We talk about sports. We talk about electronics. We talk about beer. We talk about music. We talk about almost anything. I think the last episode, we talked about one of the world's most infamous bank robbers. Some of We talked about some crowdfunding campaigns that might be good ones to support. And we always talk about different beers and things like that. So anyways, like I said, it can be best described as a variety show. It's co-host with a friend of mine, Jack. We go way back to our uh, professional wrestling days together. Uh, so we always have some interesting stories as well. But it's just one of those, we call it, you know, an online show even more than a podcast because it really has that feeling of turning on the AM dial and hearing your standard or I say standard, uh, maybe your non-standard 
but something you'd hear on the AM dial. We've got, you know, three segments. We try to format it a little more like a radio show. And it's an experimental thing for me because, as you mentioned, I had the uh, Entrepreneur Showdown podcast I did. And quite honestly, it had its unique aspects, but it was in this niche that was and still is somewhat overcrowded in the podcasting space. So I was excited to maybe do a complete 180 and turn the standard podcast etiquette and the standard podcast procedures on its head and try something else. So that almost goes towards that, you know, going back to the lab with this thing. And that's what Men Seeking Tomahawks podcast is. Well, you guys did an event, which this was so cool. I think this is one of the more innovative things I've seen in podcasting in the last year. Tell us real quick about the event that you guys pulled off. Yeah, so basically the whole idea behind this event that we did was looking at what all the other podcasts are doing and maybe trying to do something a little differently. Now, a lot of these podcasts, they have you know the buzzwords, the entrepreneur in the title or online business or social media in the title. So those are keywords that people are searching in iTunes and people are discovering in iTunes and finding that way. Well, nobody is searching men seeking tomahawks in iTunes. So we had to figure out unique, different ways that we can be discovered. And one of the things that we thought was, well, why don't we try to be discovered locally? Why don't we try to have, you know, instead of trying to have an online audience come find us first and then spread all over, why don't we start locally? So to do that, we decided, why don't we start doing some local events, promotional events, much like these AM, FM radio stations do. Sometimes you'll show up to the car dealership or the gas station and the promotional truck for the radio station will be set out there. And we thought, why don't we do something like that for our podcast? Again, just trying to think outside the box. So we did a couple remote podcast recordings at a couple different bars and restaurants around town. And then we put on an actual podcast sponsored concert here in Denton, Texas, which is it's the jazz capital of the United States, but well, not United States. New Orleans might have something to say about that, but yeah, uh, maybe. But uh, I should say North Texas University here in Denton, Texas, is the best jazz school in the United States. So there's a lot of jazz in town because of that. There's a lot of other music and concert venues all across town. And we took over one of those on a Saturday night and put on a live concert event, really with the 100% purpose of promoting the podcast. And it worked. We've noticed an increase in our podcast, an increase in our website traffic and downloads and all of these things. So just 100% thinking outside the box and trying to think what other podcasters are not doing, what can we do? And that's what you know resulted were these live events. That's so innovative, man. I really, I loved it. I remember seeing the pictures and stuff and thinking, dude, that is awesome. So congrats on that. All right. So Dan, we talked about this summit. Where can people go and, and check out what's going on with the summit? Make it nice and easy. Podcastersummit.com. And that's it. We have the pictures of all the speakers. We have the lineup. We have any questions you might have. They're pretty much all going to be answered on there. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Like I said, we're trying to give it the real in-person conference feel, but make it just more accessible for everyone, regardless of where you are. Uh, and of course, all the sessions will be recorded. They'll be transcribed. You'll have the video and audio downloads. So if anyone can't make all or some of the sessions, all of that will be available. And then at that point, it'll just be a really cool product to refer back to. Nice. And if anyone wants to check out the Men Seeking Tomahawks podcast, where do they go? MenSeekingTomahawks.com, of course. <laughs> of course. All right, Dan, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> I guess the two takeaways are the two things that we really, you know, kind of hit home on today. One, don't be afraid to not only explore ways to turn your online relationships to offline relationships, then once you figure out the way to do it, actually take action, you know, whether it's in-person meetups or conferences or anything like that, 
really do make an effort to find ways to convert these online relationships offline. And then whatever it is you're doing, think outside the box. So like we did with the podcast that I'm working on, think of what other people are not doing or try to just be creative, be unique. And to be quite honest, that was my co-host, Jack, that came up with some of those ideas. So again, the relationships drove those new ideas, those creative ideas. So, you know, those two, I guess, takeaways kind of converge at that point. No, well said. Dan, I really appreciate it, man. I've had a blast working with you on some projects and look forward to an exciting new year. There's so many things that we're uh, going to be <laughs> testing out and some good and then maybe some not so good, but we're going to make it work. So definitely appreciate your efforts and everything you're up to. All right. Thanks for having me on, Jared. All right. Thanks, Dan. Trust your intuition. Don't be afraid to ask those around what they think of what you're doing. This whole talk today started with the whole idea of working with others and meeting others and building those online and offline relationships. Once you have those relationships, they're not just buddies that you can watch the sports game with or whatever, but really, once you build those relationships with people that you know, like, and trust, don't be afraid to ask them the hard questions. Don't be afraid to allow yourself to be a little vulnerable with some of these ideas. And I think maybe that's the one takeaway I can put out there. 